In Focus, Up Close with Presbyopia podcast has been sponsored by Allergan and AbbVie Company. The presenters are paid consultants. Hello everyone, this is April Jasper, Chief Optometric Editor of Optometric Management Magazine. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the In Focus, Up Close with Presbyopia podcast series. Today, we're excited to have Dr. Brianna Rue, co-owner of West Broward Eye Care in Tamarack, Florida, and co-founder of Dr. Contact Lens with us. Brianna, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to be here. So in today's podcast, we're going to discuss setting realistic expectations for our presbyopia patients. So let's go ahead and get started. So Brianna, first question for you, what do you find is the reaction most people have to finding out they have presbyopia? Well, April, just having had my last birthday in my 20s, actually, I mean, my 30s, so turning 39 is a hard birthday because that's actually what we as optometrists kind of look for in our presbyopia patients is what am I going to go through in my 40s that these people are going for? So my most people will struggle with it a long time before they even admit it or will seek help from us. However, most of us have that rapport with our patients about the conversation and the process that they're going with. So I always kind of make it a joke where, you know, your arms aren't long enough anymore. I do have my arm stretcher outside, but it is broken today. Or there's a process here where you can just stop adding birthday candles to the cake. But I find once we break that barrier about age and take that out of the equation, you know, nobody wants to be told they have old eyes in the conversation. So once you kind of make that joke and they hear their options, they're more open to it. But with the pandemic, it's really the screen time and the near work constraints. The people have become less vain. They want clearer and they want comfortable vision. And so that's helped that conversation along, I think, earlier than it had been in the past. So the reaction to how you present it, you can make it a joke. Um, it really opens up that doctor-patient conversation. Absolutely, I, I think you're right. There's so many people who actually are very much more okay with having conversations about a lot of stuff that they didn't before. It, lots of time to think during the last year and, and really be aware of what's going on with your eyes and, and other things. So. Once this conversa conversation begins, now you get to the difficult part where you have to tell them what their options are. So what do you tell them about their options for treatment of presbyopia? So this is an exciting part of our field. It's really, really quickly developing. I think most patients walk into one of the, the clubs and they have 20 readers for $5, and that's what they think presbyopia really is. So really, we talk to them, you know, this is a developing area with drops. We've got lens options. We have contact lens options. There's more options available than ever, and really driving down to what their lifestyle is, what their hobbies are, and you move the conversation from there on what they're willing and able to do. So I think we have it in our head, like our grandparents, where you just go grab that reader and that's going to fix everything when in essence couldn't be, that's actually the worst thing that we could do, right? So teaching them that these glasses, they don't have the AR, they're made for somebody's face that's two times the size of theirs. And so it really comes down to clear and comfortable vision in this conversation. 
So how do they typically respond? So you start the conversation about presbyopia, you tell them what it is, and then you start down the road of telling them what their options are for treatment. What do you think most of the time they're expecting for you to say? And then what do you think, what is it like? I mean, what is the most common response? So the most common response is they know they're, they have that long arm syndrome or that trombone arm is what we call it, right? Trying to find it. So again, it's bringing that back into the conversation. Um, they all, all of them always think that we're gonna say that dreaded word bifocal, right? So I tell them too, you know, Benjamin Franklin invented the bifocal. We've come a long way with technology and you don't have to go down that path. You know, the, the 40 is the new 30, 50 is the new 40. And so it's important that we're really open and honest because age is hard for all of us, right? But it is something that we all go through together. Um, and we don't want to be strapped with a bifocal. We don't want to lock like it. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I'm coming up on that. So they better have this drop launched soon. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go through it either. So it's just being open and honest about the conversation and really that there is technology that we can utilize that isn't a bifocal. And I think that helps cut down on that barrier. Right. You know, it's interesting because patients have been so used to us talking about refractive surgery even for so long that I think that some of them come in and they expect there's something much more advanced than what we have currently been offering them for treatments. Do you find that as well? 100%. So that is, we're getting into those patients where they had LASIK in their 20s or 30s and now they're hitting presbyopia and the obviously the results just aren't there yet um, with surgical correction. I, I know that it will get there, but we can send them for options there. So it's important even for our 20 and 30 something year olds that we do have the presbyopia conversation. And I'm sure by that time we're gonna have perfected surgeries or drops or something else, who knows, down the path um, to help these patients. So tell me more about setting expectations. Now you've talked to them about what some of the options are. What do you think they expect for the results of these to be? And, and even, how do you explain to them, okay, you're now that 39 or 40 year old that's starting to have trouble, but guess what's gonna happen over the next 20 years? <laughs> so this is one of the most important parts of this conversation. So it's important that we let them know as much as we can, that we wish we had a time machine to go back in time, but our eyes just don't allow that to happen. Um, so really just talking through the process and what that next 20 years looks like. So. My spiel is, you know, our lens, it, it just hardens throughout our whole lifetime. It continues to grow as soon as we're born, and that's when it catches up with us. So I let them know that we're on this journey together as I am their doctor. We're along for the ride, and that we'll get them happy with clear and comfortable vision. So whether that's a lens option, a contact lens option, or potentially even a drop in the future, or refractive surgery for that nature. And then do you feel like, Brianna, that I, I you know, what I, I often feel, and let me see if you are in the same situation, do you feel like patients really want more options? Do you sometimes start down that road and they say, Dr. Rue or Brianna, what, what other options? I don't like what you've presented to me so far. <laughs> 
Well, becoming in that age that I see like a 43 or a 44 year old something that still has really good accommodation, I'm like, oh my God, I still have four more years. So it's funny as you reciprocate this in your own um, presbyopia lifestyle. One of our jokes with my girlfriends from optometry school is we always joke on who's going to become the first presbyope. One of our girlfriends is a latent hyperope of like plus one. So we all know that she's going to go down this path sooner than all, all of us. Um, so that's obviously a running joke in many optometric circles. But it's good to bring that to your patients. But they still they always still think when I say I'm going to put a little bump in the bottom of your glasses, they just automatically go to that bifocal. And so we've got to get away from that's really what presbyopic correction is. So it's important that we get into advances of technology with drops, with the lens options, with even in my 30 somethings, they're uncomfortable at the computer. So as we have different options available, I don't think that this is gonna be as hard in the future um, to have these conversations. You bring up a really important point as well, and that is that even amongst your peers, you talk about how it's affecting each other. So I wonder how often you hear in your office patients coming in talking about what their friends or family have told them about what they should do <laughs> specifically about this. Yeah, and it's really important for our contact lens patients that we don't get frustrated with what they're going for. I'm sure you've experienced this too, is if you try to put them in an option too early where they still have accommodation, then those are going to be your unhappy patients. So those 42, 43, 44 somethings that still have a good amount of accommodation and we try to put them in one of these lens options or in a contact lens option, we may have jumped the gun a little too soon. So it's important to really, really do that workup, do that BCC, explain the near vision, check their near vision, what they need. So you're going above and beyond and prescribing what they need. So that's where the contact lens options have become so available to us, especially as more dailies are launched, because now our 20 and 30 somethings are used to daily options. And before recently, all we had to put them in was to go back into a monthly option or to monovision. So it's important that the, t the technology is there now for how we've been fitting our 20 and 30 something year olds in our practices to move this forward. Absolutely, I know I count on my patients to be the ones that spread the word so we can help to have more patients come in and want to take advantage of these new treatments and new options. Brianna, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today, and I love the, the words of advice and wisdom that you've shared with us. I want to ask you, though, before we go, is there anything else you would like to add to this entire topic of setting realistic expectations for presbyopia treatment? So everyday technology is, is advancing, so I'm excited to see what the next three to five years is going to hold for presbyopia and what options we can bring to our patient population, as this is really a growing population in all of our practices. And not to just let these patients fall into going and buying the 20-pack of readers off the counter and saying, calling it a day. So we really have to be there from now until they turn 100 on bringing them the latest and greatest technology that's not only best for their lifestyle, but also best for them as our patients. 
Absolutely. I love what you're saying. Brianna, thank you so much for being with me today on this podcast. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. We hope you'll tune back in for future episodes of the In Focus Up Close with Presbyopia podcast series.